No. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. What's up, you guys? It is episode 288 of Top Rope Nation. It is Thursday night. I'm Ryan Drosty, joined here by Mr. Justin Joint, making his return to the program. Sir, how are you doing? We missed you on the Revolution Post Show. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer. I I couldn't uh, be on there, um, especially since I don't normally have uh, as many technical difficulties as as someone else on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) But I thought you guys did a good job covering it. And, uh, you know, I align with you guys. I would have given it an A, uh, a pretty enjoyable show from top to bottom. Yeah. Both both, both Revolution and the podcast. (laughs) If you guys missed the show, check it out in the archives. But we went live and about two minutes in, Kyle's internet died for like five minutes. And I was thrown off guard a little bit did my best to cover on my own and then start talking about the pay-per-view was not expecting that but i think it turned out all right so, yeah you did good man thank you thank you a little stressful but uh <laughs> i was told by jesse our good friend jesse velasquez unplugged pro wrestling podcast that uh you couldn't tell you couldn't tell i was flustered so no not at all true I pro agree with him <laughs> so uh all right so you gave it an a2 it was a great show we're gonna talk about dynamite uh, and what we thought of the follow-up to Revolution here in a little bit. But we had to start off talking about the big news of the week, which is the return for WrestleMania season of none other than John Cena. And, you know, we've been talking about this for months now, that John Cena, Austin Theory, was the plan at Mania. And we got the face-to-face here Monday night on Raw between the two of them. There was a lot of believe it or not, some criticism of John Cena going around in the aftermath by some pretty big voices on wrestling Twitter. So I wanted to get into that a little bit. Uh, But Justin, I mean, initially, your thoughts on the return of John Cena. So I'm of two minds on this promo. Number one, I enjoyed it. And maybe I enjoyed it just because I'm not an Austin Theory fan. I, I, I didn't really care that uh cena buried him Mm -hmm. uh and then as far as building to a match i don't think it was good uh that is not how you build people's anticipation to see a match i walked away from that like if this isn't austin theory squashing cena then just as well rename him dolph ziggler because he's going to (laughs) be well entrenched into the mid card uh, it was, it's just so weird. And I think this started a long time ago when it comes to Cena and kind of the way that he breaks the, you know, quote unquote, fourth wall or third wall or whatever wall it is. Uh, like, you know, he mentioned, uh, piping in crowd noise mm-hmm. on this promo. Uh, And I think this goes back to his brain broke when it comes to these kind of promos. It goes back to the rock feud where Mm -hmm. they, they kind of got personal with each other. Uh, You know, they were, they didn't hold back for anything. And that's okay when you, when it's a Cena and it's a rock, because there's nothing you can say that's going to damage rock. 
And he even he even pulled this shit with uh, Roman Reigns back in, I believe, 2017 after mm-hmm. the SummerSlam, because I, I think at the time we were thinking that was going to be the WrestleMania match with Cena and Roman Reigns, but it actually happened right after SummerSlam. And he did the same thing. I mean, you know, Reigns was stammering a little bit. He I think he forgot what his line was supposed to be. And Cena just embarrassed him. But once again, Roman Reigns was basically established by that point. Mm-hmm. And more, even more than that, he was established by that point is that he was going to get pushed no matter what. Uh, but with this Austin theory one, I mean, talking about like, n- no matter the outcome, you're going to lose. It's like, okay, why, why do I give a shit about this match now? It just, it, it, like I said, but I, it was fun and I enjoyed yeah. it, but it, I don't think that's how you build a match by making your opponent look like a complete clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on this. So, <laughs> all right. Y- yeah, you go back to 2017 with the feud between Roman and Cena, and I think there's some different dynamics at play. It was a very similar promo. You know, like I went back and I watched it again, too, at your urging, and so I could not just go off of, of memory. But, you know, they wrestled at, I think it was No Mercy that year. Yeah. And Roman did get the strong victory. Like, he kicked out of four AAAs in that match, and uh, he won with the spear. And, um, you know, Roman was coming off of a SummerSlam where... I think Lesnar walked away with the title. It was like a multi-man match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman, he was established, but he was going through some rough times. And he was still in that, you know, trying to make this guy a baby face. They were kind yep. of trying to make him cool with his promos at this point. But he was still like, you know, trying to p- jam this round thing in a square hole. You know, it just wasn't working. And, you know, you you referenced um, with Cena and Rock. And, you know, we, we know how that turned out in the end. They had like this respect for each other or whatever. Uh, but Cena had been calling out Rock for years, mentioning him in promos that he left to go to Hollywood and all that. So some of that was, it seemed like they were blending the lines, blurring the line between reality and what was staged. Um, and I saw, I think before I go any further, I saw a lot of criticism of Cena's promo on Twitter from people that I really like and admire, friends of mine as well. And uh, I want to read out some of these. Um, so I'm not going to read names. I'm just going to read the quotes here. So one of them that was really going around a lot, got a lot of views. It said, um, this person said definitely in the minority on this, but I was not at all a fan of John Cena completely burying Austin theory last night. Definitely shades of cross coal from 2021. Why point out every weakness theory has, he did nothing to put him over. It could be tough for theory to recover. And the cross coal situation back in the, I believe the summer of 21, uh, before Cole, you know, jumped to AEW was that Cole came out there and he ran down cross and, and talked about how like cross had been giving every advantage. He had the, you know, the, the smoke entrance, he had the girl with him and yet, you know, he was a nobody and everyone only cared about Adam Cole because of the way he worked in the ring. Uh, and you know, a lot of people thought that really hurt carrying cross. Now we've been pretty vocal though on the program that we've never really been big believers in carrying cross, yeah, but I think we were okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could you could make the argument, I guess. Um, let's see some of the replies to this. Um, you know, people saying it was a baffling route to go. Uh, another one: if you completely bury your opponent and then beat him, it's like, okay, so what? You basically said he sucked anyway, so you should have beat him. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Theory's going to get the win here. It wouldn't make any sense to have John Cena win this match. Uh, someone else chimed in and said that I think Theory's going to beat him at Mania. 
and then the original poster replied and said, Theory's definitely winning, but Cena said no one cares about Theory, and I don't know if Theory beating Cena will change that, especially when Cena said fans are going to eat Theory alive regardless. The damage has been done. So I could go through this and read and read and read, but here's my thoughts on it. Um, I actually think it's fine right now. We'll have to see how this plays out. I don't know that we're going to see John Cena again on Raw before Mania because he's filming a movie right now. So he got a way to do this. I also heard that this this promo segment had zero production, that this was left just up to John Cena. In theory, I assume they worked it out. So, you know, Cena getting the superstar treatment, he could do his own creative at this point. So this was his idea. I think the the difference here, especially if you look at like Roman and Cena, is that whole dynamic was Cena had been experiencing the fan backlash as a baby face for a couple of years at that point. And like the fans just were not going to get behind him. And Cena was saying all of the things that prevented the fans from getting behind him here, you know, but, but again, they're both like baby faces. So it was mm-hmm. awkward. Um, here it's the old grizzled veteran. That's the baby face. Now, you know, most people are now cheering John Cena. He doesn't really get the 50, 50 anymore against a guy who's supposed to be hated. He's a heel. See, yes, you know, he ran him down and said, nobody cares about your matches and the piped in crowd. I didn't think he didn't point out all of his weaknesses. It wasn't like he came out there and said, this is what you do bad. And this is what you do bad. The whole theme was basically that you don't believe in yourself. So why should I care? And I kind of, to me, it was almost like, yes, Cena was bashing him, but it's like the veteran trying to get more out of you. It'd be like the guy in the locker room on a football team you know, trying to get you to become a better player. You think you're hot shit, but you're a nobody. You know, you need to prove it here in the NFL. You might have been a superstar at, you know, whatever D1 college you went to, but this is the NFL and you've proven nothing. And you're trying to get them to go out there and prove it. Some, I mean, some of this depends on the follow through. I do think theory mm-hmm. should get a fairly dominant win. And then you should have seen a like begrudgingly or maybe even being impressed with them and maybe cutting a promo of like, you know, you guys all hate this guy, but he proved it to me, that kind of thing. A lot We don't know yet how this is going to turn out. Maybe we'll come on here on the WrestleMania post show and I'll bash the hell of it and say it was terrible, <laughs> you know. But I think right now I just I didn't have a problem with it because to me it was all about the guy like trying to get more from this guy. He He acknowledged, you know, that, you know, he has the look, you know, he should be a star, but he's not. He's not a star. This is about pulling that out of him and making him a star. So Cena really needs to put the guy over. Whether or not we think that this is a guy that's ever going to take off, I don't know. But look, you're in there with one of the greatest of all time. He should be the guy that can you put you to that next level. He's a U.S. champion. It's not a world title match. He's trying to get him to that next level. Um, before I say any more, thoughts on anything I just spewed, Justin? Uh, you, uh, you make some really great points, and you actually made me want to re-watch it now, too. Um, and like I said, I'm not, I wasn't even down on it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was entertaining regardless of like, you know, creative differences on the direction they're going here. It was an entertaining segment. John Cena's great. Still is. Yeah. Um, if, if I remember correctly, I don't even know if it was mentioned or if it was, it was barely mentioned. Something that, uh, I disliked was, you know, the U S title that didn't need, like, it's not even about that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, why even have Austin Theory have the title? Go give it to somebody else, yeah, uh, where they can really fight for it. Um, but the other reason why I don't think it bothered me 
as much as other people. And believe me when I say I am not in the business of uh, handing out compliments to Austin Theory, but I think he did really good holding his own in this mm-hmm. thing. Like, I don't think he ever looked legit rattled by anything Cena said. Um, I think, you know, some of the, the facial expressions were more in character than anything. And, you know, I, I thought they had a little bit of good back and forth. Uh, and for the most part, he, you know, he held his own considering uh, Cena was kind of tearing him to shreds. And that, and that's another difference because now when they did it with Roman, who he's gotten better on, on the mic, obviously since 2017, but when they did the Cena Roman thing, he definitely made Roman look like a fool because Roman was like trying to come back on him a little bit, but he wasn't great at it. And it was a little shaky and it didn't come off great. And again, he was supposed to be a baby face. Well, you, you know what? Okay. Real quick. The thing, yeah. what happened there is, you know, he's John, John Cena has free reign. He can do whatever he wants, say whatever he wants. I think Reigns was, he had the script that he was trying to think, Oh well, God, I have something yeah. I have to say. And if I don't say it, fucking great Vince point. is going to be yeah. pissed. And he could he couldn't remember what the hell you know the script was, and mm-hmm. so that's where he kind of stumbled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me again, it was just that in that situation, you had Cena pointing out what everybody saw and why this guy hadn't taken off over the previous couple of years as a baby face, as the face of the promotion, like they wanted. I just feel like the dynamic here is different. He he's not a main eventer yet. They're trying to pull more out of him. Like, that's the story. Why should I believe in you? Why should these people believe in you? You got to prove it to me. That kind of thing. Now, w- the thing, the line was kind of weird about even if you beat me, you lose kind of thing yeah. because you're still not going to be able to handle it in front of the crowd. They're going to have to play into that a little bit and explain that a little bit more and and put him over in the end. I agree with that criticism for sure. That was that was an odd line. Uh, the thing with carried Cross and Adam Cole. I mean, Cross basically just stood there with his thumb up his ass and didn't say anything while Cole just ran him down. So <laughs> I don't I mean, think he, here they, I don't think he could say anything. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like here, you at least had theory kind of go like a, getting some lines in here. He's thing about his bald spot, whatever. Uh, you know, the stuff about you never want to meet your hero. He looked up to John Cena and stuff. So at least he got some lines in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was certainly a talking point on social media this week. I again I didn't have as much of a problem with it, but a lot needs to be painted in this picture still. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do it, but yeah, we need to, you need to put over a theory here. It makes no sense, obviously for John Cena to win. That would be baffling. I, I mean, honestly, man, I just, I bumped up against Cena bringing up the piped in crowd noise. I don't know why you would want to put a spotlight on that, which, you know, it's one of three things that make me not want to watch WWE yeah. know, on a regular basis is the fact that, it just makes the product so disingenuous. You know, we learned during the pandemic that, you know, without a crowd, you know, wrestling doesn't really work. And and to point out that your crowd's still not really there sometimes, it's just it's it's a yeah. bad it's a bad look. Yeah. I will say though, I I would I'd be on the opposite side. It actually made me a little more interested in this match because now I'm interested where they go from here and how mm-hmm. it's gonna play on the ring. And I'm when I first heard Theory and Cena, I was like, mm, bring John Cena back for that. But I, I will say I'm a little higher on the match now, at least interest-wise, going into WrestleMania. Um, and we, you know, we've we've got this card building. Anything more on that before I go to nope. another subject from Raw? Okay, so we did have on on SmackDown last week too, and we could talk about it if you want. Roman and Cody had their face to face. But then here on Monday night, 
on Raw, we had uh, Jey Uso make his way out during the main event, uh, you know, involving Sami Zayn. And in the in the close of the show, he made it seem like he was partnering, he was choosing Sami over his uh, cousin Solo and, and Jimmy, his brother. And he went there out, out there in the aisle and he gave this big hug to Sami, you know, and the crowd popped for it. Like he's choosing him over the bloodline. But then we had the super kick and we had the turn. And basically, he screamed at Sammy about how could you think I would choose you over my family and all of that. Obviously, this is moving towards Kevin and Sammy finally reuniting in the tag match at Mania that we've speculated about for months as well. Um, what what did you think about this and the way it played out, Justin? So I guess first off, I would say Jay Uso is really on a on another level with his. Mm-hmm performances right now with his facial expressions the way he sells thing uh jimmy for for that matter too has been excellent um so i loved everything about the guys's performance i think the execution was kind of lazy and dog shit because the the feeling i got out of it was this was kind of always their plan like how could you think i would turn on family Mm -hmm. so they never really gave like there was no actual reason that you know jay turned on sammy like this was the plan all along in which case you were really almost going to let roman reigns lose the title in montreal (laughs) right it just it just kind of it kind of killed all that build-up where it felt like jay genuinely was torn between the bloodline and and sammy zane and for me, they have some explaining to do as to, you know, what exactly and hopefully that there was something that uh, specifically made Jay change his mind because that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like he he came out to distract Jimmy and, and Jimmy mm-hmm. lost the match and then then he yeah. turned. It, it was just it, it was a little too much. Yeah, we're going to need a good Jay Uso promo coming mm-hmm. out of this i mean the crowd i mean they went crazy when he hugged sammy zane and then they popped pretty big for the super kick too um but i, That's what I mean like, like yeah i we, mean like the, their 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 performance was great yeah, it was just yeah. story-wise to me it doesn't make sense especially and i'm sorry i apologize for interrupting you i went i watched it way after the fact and i went into it like i saw people on twitter like all-time great uh ending to raw and then i watched mm-hmm. it was like i mean I got questions. I got, I got a lot of questions yeah. coming out of that. My biggest question is is long term here and what happens with Jay Uso because I feel like this guy is just just itching, chomping at the bit to break out as a single star, and they need more single stars. Mm-hmm. And he's shown in the past he can do it. And as great as the Usos are, I feel like he's outgrown this. He needs to move on. I feel like he. I don't know what you think about this, but I'm I'm waiting for the Jay Uso singles run, and we've had friends of our show talking about this for a while that you know this is the ultimate story is is jay uso and what happens with him and the bloodline and well yeah and and that goes kind of back to my point is i needed more confliction from jay because i agree with you like i think the play should be you know they drop the titles at wrestlemania you know you maybe have another rematch at the next pay-per-view but that leads to jay you know really turning on the bloodline turning yes. on jimmy and then you can get that feud but the way they did this, it just it just felt like Jay was with him the entire time and was just doing performance art. 
you know, making people think that he actually had sympathy for Sami Zayn. Yeah, I think long term you need to be building to, towards this Jay Roman. I, th- I mm-hmm. hope they have this in the back of their heads right now that they're working towards. I mean, SummerSlam. Or are they going to do Cody and Roman again at SummerSlam? Because we assume Cody's going to get the title. We don't know for sure. But if Cody does get the title, you're going to need something for Roman to do. And that's obviously the best direction, I think, to go is, is building to a match between those two. We've seen them work before, and they had an awesome match. So I hope that that's where they're going. We shall see. Um, but that that's the bigger story for me. I think, yeah, you're going to get this KO Sami Zayn tag title run, hopefully elevate the tag team titles a little more, make them more prominent again. And then who knows for them, you know, but and we've, we've talked about Sammy plenty recently in the world title situation and all of that. And he's still ultra over, man. They can still mm-hmm. go a lot of directions with this guy too. Yep. Long I still term. think that I still think they might've made a mistake not going Sammy. Yeah. The God forbid you there. God forbid you go with the hottest baby face in the promotion. <laughs> Did you see, you know, speaking of that, so at the end of the Cena theory promo, then Cena called out Cody Rhodes. That Did was you weird. See, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that reeked of, I need to give Cody the rub, you know, that's, mm-hmm. they don't think Cody's actually the man. So we need him to go out there and stand next to Cena. That I didn't, that, that was like, uh, the rock coming out when Roman Reigns won the, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Did you see SmackDown and, and Cody and Roman at all yet? You might have to refresh my memory. Normally with these shows, I just go back and watch the stuff that gets a little bit of buzz. Yeah, oh, no, so I did. Was, I did. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the opening segment on SmackDown had Cody come out. Um, you had the whole bloodline out there, you know, sans Jey Uso, obviously, at that time. And uh, Cody came out for the the face-to-face to talk about the media match and he told him to get rid of his guys. They all left. Roman like put the belts across the ring between them, and they started talking. Roman quoted them. So, what do you want to talk about? Oh, that was God. kind of funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and you know they had this back and forth, and again, it was all about Dusty. You know, like Roman went into the background of how Dusty meant so much to his career too, and he always told him he had everything. And Roman did a pretty good impression of Dusty too, by the way, mm-hmm. and. um, and he said, you want to know what your dad always told me about you? And then he said, nothing. He never talked about you at all. And Roman kind of ended it by saying that, um, wasn't it something like anything your dad didn't teach you, I will teach you yeah, or something that like that. Good. And then he offered yeah, his hand, whatever your dad didn't teach you, I'll teach you. And then, yeah, Cody came back and I thought Cody's comeback at first, he seemed kind of like B level, but the, by the end he had him and he had the fire in him and stuff. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good segment. I don't really have any major qualms with it. I, I th- thought it was nice to finally see that face to face on SmackDown. So, yeah, I d- yeah, definitely didn't find it offensive or anything. I it was entertaining. Definitely didn't make my eyebrows raise like the that last segment on Raw did. Cody referenced All In in the promo. Yeah, he talked yeah, about like great. how he's been this this underdog and like nobody thought Stardust would work. Nobody thought him and his buddies could do an indie show with ten thousand fans. I got a pop. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good stuff. I, I thought it was really good. I mean, how are you feeling hype level for that match at WrestleMania right now? Are Do you feel your interest increasing? You mentioned you think they might have made a mistake. Do you feel your interest decreasing? Where are you at on Cody right now, Justin? Uh, I don't know how big of a Cody fan I am right now. I'm kind of over the, you know, having to bring up Dusty in every single promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I'd say I, I'm a little flat right now as as far as the build up to this match. And I honestly, I, I think I'm starting to side with Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what that's where I worry about this because the, yeah, the story is dusty and like claiming the title for him, like his dad never did and everything. But like once you get past that. Where are they going to go? And that's mm-hmm. where I worry a little bit about the ti- if he wins the title, the title run, hitting this major brick wall, and he can't, you know, sustain that momentum. And then, and then what will we have? I mean, I hope he can, but yeah, I, am I you know, I, I think you know, we said it a long time ago. I think the guy to end Roman Reigns' you know long streak here with the world title is is Cody. Um, but I don't know. I got some concerns, especially now that there's, um certain visitor in the backstage area that maybe might not be as high on Cody Rhodes as Hunter is a certain, a certain oh. mustachioed uh, person. <laughs> oh, Robert Goulet. Is that your- yeah. no. Oh no. Uh, Vincent McMahon. I thought that picture I tweeted of Robert Goulet. It was like, that does kind of look like Vince, how Vince would look what they must. <laughs> yeah, Vince making the rounds. I, it, it sounds like there's a lot of divide in the locker room on whether they think this guy is actually having creative input or not. I mean, the story is he was there to see Cena. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty skeptical I mean, that if this guy I, is back, he's not having input. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, Vince McMahon showed up backstage and Johnny Gargano's on NXT. <laughs> so... <laughs> tell me if there's a connection there <laughs> right oh man all right so anyways yeah that segment ended on smackdown with like cody wondering if the reason paul Heyman came to confront him on raw was to reveal the truth about his dad and roman and uh he said that if that if what roman said was the truth and that roman really was the son his dad always wanted that that would change everything and uh and now this story at WrestleMania, it was a necessity that he would beat Roman Reigns. And the only way he can exist is by beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And uh, that was the end of the SmackDown segment. And so, in, in contrast to Cena theory, I'm pretty sure he said that he had to beat him for the those titles. Yes. So, you know, bringing it back to, you know, talk about what you're fighting for. Look, man, if he brings back the winged eagle, that's all I care yeah. about. <laughs> back the winged eagle cody he brought back the classic ic it. way back in he the did. day bring back he the did. winged eagle and all will be forgiven i will have no doubts whatsoever about this title right <laughs> moving forward <laughs> guys before we go any further a couple plugs here uh, if you're listening on the podcast feed please leave us a written review i'm gonna just call that out this week we haven't gotten a written review in a long time on apple five stars apple and spotify helps us out a lot subscribe to the feed while you're at it We are streaming right now on the SE Scoops YouTube channel. This will be available on demand on our YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to both Top Rope Nation, SE Scoops, SEScoops.com for all your pro wrestling news and review and feature needs. Lots of stuff. I'm the site manager over there. Involved a lot behind the scenes. We've got great content going up. A friend of the show, Jesse Velasquez, is writing over at SE Scoops now as well. So check them out. And Patreon.com, you saw the name scrolling earlier in the show. All the names of our, I believe, 43 patrons right now. We got to get another goal here soon, but it'd be great to hit 50 by WrestleMania. Uh, No better time 
than WrestleMania season to subscribe. We just had a new Top Rope Nation Classics drop last week, Wrestle War 91. Later this month, hot off the press, it just won the poll for March, WrestleMania 17. Going back, reliving that one, that should be a lot of fun to talk about what many consider the best WrestleMania of all time, although our own Kyle Ross does not feel that way, and he's very vocal about that, and this should be a really good classic that will be available only on Patreon. You know, and that's saying something, Kyle Ross being vocal about his opinions. That that doesn't happen very (laughs) often. Who do? Uh, Kyle also told me earlier that he's going to drop a new Top Rope Nation extra over on the Patreon mm. feed next week. So that's another draw to subscribe. There's over 100 bonus podcasts there for you from us. Only way to hear them is on Patreon. Starts at five bucks a month. Great content for just five bucks. It's like buying us a beer, you know, once a month. <laughs> Why not? Support the show. Support the pod. All right, Justin. Let's talk AEW. Mentioned at the top of the the show. So Dynamite last night. I saw a lot of criticism out there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you started the show by saying, you know, let's talk about the thing that everybody seems to be talking about. And that went into Cena. I thought you were going to be talking about the AEW International Championship. Oh, yes. And how much did I rant on that when they unveiled this? The all-Atlantic <laughs> title with all these country flags that do not touch the Atlantic Ocean. That title name has never made sense. So apparently this has been in, in the works for a while to rebrand it as the international title, which they're doing next week. So it seemed like the focus of this show was to you know recap Revolution, mm-hmm. have a few decent matches, but then really build towards next week's show. That was the focus, where they're going to be in Winnipeg, you know, home of Kenny Omega, um, home of Chris Jericho. And so they set up like the tri- trios title match for next week. You're going to have House of Black defending against the Elite and the Jericho Appreciation Society. They're going to have the international title match with Cassidy defending against Jeff Jarrett. Um, and that has a tie-in with Warner. I can't remember. What's the movie they're promoting? Shazam. Shazam. That's right. Uh, and then uh, MJF is going to be there next week. He had, they had a promo with MJF, like a pre-recorded spot this week, but he'll be there for his rebar mitzvah next week. Um, so it wa- it did kind of have the feeling of kind of this stopgap show coming off mm-hmm. a really hot pay-per-view, an A-level pay-per-view, as we all said. I mean, all of us, even Kyle gave this an A, and we're you know, typically kind of hard graders. Um, did you have a problem with that? Did you expect more on Wednesday night? I just overall, just your general thoughts on dynamite. Yeah, I, I was expecting a little bit more coming off of, you know, I think one of their best pay-per-views ever. I'm pretty sure I texted you and Kyle when I saw the lineup and it's like, this feels very uninspired. Mm-hmm. But having watched the show, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, my first question for you is, can you tell me what the difference is between a world title and an international title? <laughs> I guess this is their way of getting close to intercontinental. I, you know, international does mean worldwide, doesn't it? I mean, I, I think I just would have preferred the weirdness of the old Atlantic with the <laughs> Japanese flag on it. I I really don't yeah. get it. And then I, I, I wasn't really a fan of tony trying to drive home we're leveling up the title we're leveling up it's getting leveled up it's like okay (laughs) if you say so buddy 
you know, so yeah, Tony's internet's kind of dropping. I hope I don't cut out here. I don't know what's going on. Now I'm getting the Kyle Ross curse here. Oh, I'll be no. enough to drop out too much, but I, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm back to green bars now. I, I will say Tony just, he's not a good, I, I like listening to him in the post-show scrums when he's being asked questions, but on TV, I don't think he needs to be involved that promo and it's a pre-tape, right? Like they could have done a yeah. retake. It's not good. It, he, it, it he reminded just, me like the way it ended. He was like mid sentence. It reminded me of the Owen Hart leg out of your leg. And then like the look he had on his face right after he said it. Cause he, he cause he, he repeated himself, right? Yeah. He has a nervous energy about him. <laughs> yeah. He, I think he said level up or something twice and it seemed like he was mid sentence and then he just like stared at the camera and they went to commercial. It was really weird. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it was, I, you could find someone else to probably make these announcements. Um, but yeah, I, I know they love the Warner tie-ins and also whenever they can do that, it shows confidence that they have in their brand to do these mm-hmm. tie-ins. So it bodes well for, you know, the TV renewal and everything. So um, apparently they've had the belt in the works for quite some time now to, to change out the title belt. So, yeah, I, I agree with you going in. I wasn't super excited about the show, which was weird because I loved revolution so much. I've even watched a lot of the show back a second, a, t- a second mm-hmm. time by now. Um, And the card was kind of weak. At the same time, though, you did get most of the stars on Dynamite. You know, like if they weren't in front of the crowd, they had the pre-tapes, like the Brian promo, the MJF mm-hmm. thing. So you still saw everybody. So if you had seen it, that pay-per-view and you're new to the show, you still saw most of the big names. Yeah, I think the only person that was missing was Jungle Boy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. But I mean, like, like so, I said, it was an uninspired lineup. But if you look at it, we still got that very kind of touching and an emotional promo from Brian. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we had the, uh, and w- whenever I list one of these, you tell me which one you want to actually dig into the, the Blackpool combat club, seemingly heel turn. I thought FTR and Ruby Soho both gave really good promos. And then you had Hobbs winning the TNT championship, <laughs> which it's funny because a lot of people said, Oh, it came out of nowhere. And then other people saying like, oh, well, they actually hinted at it back in August with QT helping Hobbs. And it's kind of silly to think that hinting at something from (laughs) eight months ago (laughs) (laughs) means it's some long term storytelling. I think just or I think not Justin, you, uh, Kyle and I in the Revolution review, we kind of hinted at that, that we wouldn't be surprised if they switched the title. Um. Because like, there oh, was an yeah. argument, Hobbs had a lot of momentum right now. That it, uh, and me and Jesse's uh, when I was a guest on his podcast, uh, I think both yeah. of us were pro putting the title on Hobbs. So yeah. it's and yeah, we. It was just QT's involvement. Was, yeah, that was kind of lame. He's not uh, really that. I'm lovable, sure, but I'm sure, Kyle loves it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Kyle's been pretty vocal that he doesn't think Wardlow should have a title like ever. He doesn't think he needs a title. So I think I'd know. agree with him. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so we had that. You had the elite. I, I don't really mind. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people out there for this you know, triple threat trios title match. I, um, You had you yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I just wish it was the elite verse. Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, let that just be kind of the, because I, I liked the way it started off where it's like, who's the number one contender? 
It's like, okay, let's have that yeah. match. The two Winnipeg boys and their boys, their their team face off each other, you know, and just, you know, a six-man match. But I, I yeah, suppose I they think, want to spice it up a little bit. I think Frank maybe said that in the group, um, in the Dynamite Thoughts uh, thread that we had going on. Join the Facebook group if you're not in there. Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. I think he might have mentioned that too. Um, I Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if this is their way of kind of getting the elite out of that title picture, though, for the foreseeable future. Because everyone would wonder, when are they going to get the rematch? You know, you always get the rematch after you lose the titles. I assume House of Black will retain here. And uh, maybe they'll be done. I hope. I Because I'd like to see these guys, as I said on the mm-hmm. review show, kind of go into something else. I agree um, with you. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you're going to get Omega and Jericho in a big match since it's in Win- Winnipeg. So... I think when when House of Black, you know, when, or when we had the when we had the situation where Jericho Appreciation Society were calling them out, and then like the elite came out, I thought it was logical because they do the rematch, and then you had the House of Black come out and everything. Whatever, it's fu- it's fine. It's a lot of guys in the match, but I'm just hoping it moves the elite into something else moving forward. I thought I thought Brian's promo about going home and that oh, MJF man. was right about his kids and stuff. I thought that was pretty damn good stuff that was incredible that was really good i mean whenever you you're hitting close to home like that's what he really believes he you know obviously you should your family should be more important than your wrestling career and he really feels that way like i think Mm -hmm. he could hang it up tomorrow if he wanted and just go be with his family so i I hope not i hope not i hope not i hope not but this is the thing that i like about aew though and i think it's a complaint that some people have where guys will just disappear kind of for a few Mm -hmm. months i don't mind that um especially when they give you a storyline reason for it i I like that guys get that time off yeah this was great uh gives you incentive to want for him when he's gone for a while for when he returns and they can come up with a good way to bring back they don't have to just have him middling around doing matches now for the next few weeks that make no sense at all so i thought that was a tremendous promo really emotional stuff Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you got like Moxley, you know, working more heel still. He had the tag match with the Dark Order. You know, they've been going back and forth between Blackpool Combat Club and them, so that made sense. You had the backstage promo with oh, oh, Hagman oh. and and Renee, and then he came out during this. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, no, sorry, you're you're continuing. I thought you were moving. Yeah, on to yeah. Else. So I liked I liked the promo with Hangman and Renee. And talking about who was at fault, and then he eventually said you'd have to talk to John about that. And he, you know, he basically said he was done with John after this match that they had had at Revolution, the violent match. And then, you know, he still though he comes to the save when you had had the beatdown going on mm-hmm. with Dark Order and Blackpool Combat Club. So I I like that one. I like that segment. Okay, so this is one of the things that bothered me about seeing the lineup was like after watching that Moxley and hangman match at revolution, it's like, it didn't make a lot of sense to have Moxley be in another match, you know, just a few days mm-hmm. later, but it makes a lot more sense now being that th- there was an angle at the end of it, which I assume there had to have been, if you're going to have a match with Moxley already, especially when the whole point of that story seemed to really build up hangman. Yes. So, did that strike you as a legit heel turn? Or is it more of a people gray are always going to Yeah, I think people are always going to cheer John Moxley just cuz he's a cool guy. Um 
I feel like it's it's a slow burn with him that he keeps doing little things that are supposed to turn you on him. And then you're building up Hangman's popularity. Now he's going after his continuing to go after his friends. I, I think he pretty much is slotted in as a heel at this point. It's just mm-hmm. the fans are not going to totally turn on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just going to be one of those yeah. things where you have somebody who's acting like a heel that the crowd is going to love no matter what, which, yeah. which, which I'm fine with. I mean, that's the crowd's choice because I'm pretty sure uh, tonight on the Ring of Honor show, uh, Claudio was acting like a bit of a heel towards Eddie Kingston saying somebody without honor would never be world champion. Mm, and, you yeah. know, obviously Eddie Kingston is a pretty big uh, fan favorite. Yeah. Um, anything else from that you want to talk about from dynamite? I mean, there was a Ruby Soho promo where she talked about why she turned, um, the acclaim, I liked this it. backstage segment with, uh, yeah. JAS. That was okay. Uh, I guess. Yeah. You'd like to see them doing something more important. The FTR, uh, FTR stuff is, was good. I, I, I like the fact that they let FTR hair talk instead of FTR mm-hmm. bald. Yeah. Um, he did. I thought Cash did an excellent job, and I, I remember in your guys's review show that you thought that the Gun Club got the belts because the plan is to put it on FTR. Which, listening to Dax's podcast, which he's tried to make it a point where he doesn't want to work the fans on the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to tell the truth. And if he thinks he shouldn't tell the truth, then he's just not going to talk about it, which was the case when um, the other host, uh, Matt, uh, I forgot his name, uh, wanted him to speak on Matt something. Specific, yes, Matt Coon, yeah. about mm-hmm. something with MJF. And Dax was just like, no, I can't talk about that because I'll get in trouble. Yeah. But he said on this most recent podcast, no, we haven't signed a contract yet. So there is still a chance that... Uh, their contract's up in April. Tony might just be bringing them back to, you know, if they're not going to re-sign, they might just be back to put over the gun club for, you know, to maybe eventually get it back on the acclaimed or what I still think could possibly be Sting and Derby. Boy, that's even more and baffling to put for, the belts on the gun yeah, club, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I pray to God that, they're coming back. I, I don't want to see them go into the no. desert that is the WWE tag team division. When you when you hear Dax talk about wrestling, and I've said this on the pod recently, you really turned me on to his podcast. It's a great podcast. You guys should be listening to it. The guy is so creative and thinks so hard about his wrestling that to see him as a tag team specialist go back to WWE would be creatively very frustrating for me <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. There's just not like, again, I said this on the review show. I mean, who are they going to work with that they haven't worked with that really entices you? You know, they have so much more freedom right now to do stuff. I do think that there's an argument to be made, like Kyle brought up, that going back to them as champions doesn't make sense right now. And it, it de- I agree it was to the detriment of the acclaim. It didn't make sense for the acclaim to drop the belts to the gun club. I will keep saying that they're just not an act at the level of becoming tag team champions. I don't like the idea of transitional champions. If the idea is to move it over to FTR, I think you just put your two best teams out there. I know they've wrestled before, but to me, you just have the biggest match possible, whether they're both baby faces or not. I, I don't like this idea. I think the gun club 
are an up up and coming act that have potential, but they're not there yet. And I feel that the crowd is reacting to them. Not great because of that. They just don't buy them as the tag team champions. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they'll get them long term, but they just at the same time they shouldn't hold the titles long term. So they'll get them long term, but that should have happened before they got gold. I think. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I I'm, I'm not a fan of the Gun Club being tag champs right now. Yeah. I, th- I think it devalues the the division. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent agree. Okay, well, I mean that's pretty much dynamite i think we hit all of the big angles um anything else going on in the world of wrestling you want to get to we could hit a couple of these q a questions that were sent into the show but anything else i didn't bring up that you wanted to hit on i don't think so man let's get to the questions okay so i I put this on the facebook group earlier and we we still have some leftover questions from the last time we did this we used to do a a q a almost every week on the show and we did one a few weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. And so I thought we'd bring it back, get to a few more of those questions sent in. If you have a question, you can email us, topropenation at gmail.com or get in the Facebook group and reply to the thread when I do the open questions. So Michael Jenkinson, good friend of the pod, patron of the pod as well. He's appeared on the show before. He sent in and he asked if we thought that Seamus would have been as big of a star as Triple H had he received the same kind of attention and push from the higher ups at WWE? Do we think essentially, do we think Sheamus could have been to the level of a triple H if given the opportunity? What do you think? I I don't think Sheamus has the mic skills that triple H had, especially early in triple H's career. Compared yes. to you know early in Sheamus's, um, I th- Sheamus has probably been a little underrated always when it comes to his matches. I think it's you know that quality is coming to focus very much in the last year or so. That hey, this dude has great matches. Uh, the bar was fantastic. I think even even as much as people hated seeing him beat. Uh, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 28, his title reign included a lot of really solid matches too. So he's always been pretty solid in ring. I was not watching the WWE and have, has I have not really revisited uh, his early run, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but I just I don't think the mic skills, maybe the personality, was there at the start like it was with Triple H, which. You know, I guess the the counter argument counter argument would be Triple H got to lean on Shawn Michaels early in his career, you know, as being part yeah. of DX. And so I don't know if, if you find somebody that Sheamus could have leaned on, you know, maybe, but I I just don't think it's quite there. I agree. That's where I was at too, was the the mic factor and just the charisma. For as much as we mm-hmm. have criticized him over the years he hunter always felt like a top star he had he had that rise through dx that you mentioned and then when he took over dx um he very quickly became one of the most popular guys on the card and pre-quad injury he legit was one of the best workers in the business it's Mm -hmm. i mean i think you're denying reality if you deny that he was for sure you go back to you know, 2000, 2001, he was, he was that dude. He was one of the best workers. Now, not that Sheamus can't work. I mean, he just had a match of the year contender last year, uh, legit against uh, Gunther. So he can work. 
he just seems like that workhorse champion, like upper tier, should be a solid IC US champion. I you know, I didn't really buy him as a world champion. Personally, I like his work a lot. I hard hitting big dude, but yeah. I don't think he could have been what Hunter was. There, there's all in his career. Yeah. yeah. There's also actually there's always been a little bit of I think because of the hair and a little bit of the I don't want to say over the top, but the reliance on his Irish heritage. There's been a little bit of a almost like cartoonish uh reflection on on Seamus. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Triple H, you know, once he became the cerebral assassin, kind of got away from the whole Hunter Hearst Helmsley thing that he was a little, felt a little bit more legitimate. Yeah. So, all right, that's a good question, though, from Michael. We got one in the chat here a little bit ago that I'm going to put up from our guy Adam out in California, and he said, would AEW benefit from having an on-air commissioner like WWF had with Jack Tunney and then Gorilla Monsoon to make the big announcements? <laughs> he sent this in after we criticizing TK for Dynamite. I wouldn't mind having a legend do this. You have to be the right guy. Um, but and that's uh, the you thing. Know, yeah. yeah. If you had the right guy, sure. But I, I don't I don't know. Like, can you think of anybody? I don't. So many of these guys that I'd want to see have signed legends deals with WWE, you know, for the action figures and that money. And I can't blame them. Just easy money mm-hmm. rolling in that it might be kind of slim pickings uh, offhand. Boy, you don't want someone that's so big that they take over the show. I also don't want that situation where like WWE had for years where they just were constantly coming out and making announcements every week and just that kind of commissioner. I just want them more like Tunney did where it was just once in a while. Um, boy, I think they should do an anonymous GM. I think that'd be interesting (laughs) with the podium (laughs) and everything. God, no, no one jumps off the page to me right now. Let us know your guys thoughts. But yeah, I mean, I I do think the idea is good to have someone else doing it other than Tony Khan. They they could have done Regal, but that would have just felt like a rip off of what, you know, he was doing in NXT. So, yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me look at this list. See if we got anything else. Who in AEW do you want more for? This is from our guy Rick Skelton. He said for him, it's it's John Silver. Hmm. What do you think? Who do I want more for? Uh, you know, it. This is a cop out, considering what he has done. Mm-hmm. but having watched the last few months, like I think hangman's ready to go on and on, on the next level. Yeah. Like I, I think he might be the guy that who should maybe take the belt from MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it. I mean, he, he's that homegrown guy, no affiliation with WWE. I, I don't know why it's I, that's weird to say about somebody who has been, you know, pushed to the moon, a, a former world champion. But I, I think there's a way that he can go up one more level. I get you go ahead. Yeah. I got to think of a better answer than that. <laughs> well, my the one that pops to my head is kind of odd because he's gotten a big push in the past, but he's really kind of faded into oblivion. And that's Darby Allen. I think mm. Darby was recent of their best TNT champion guys. Yeah, yeah, briefly, right? 
boy, yeah, that title's really moved around a lot recently. Um, but he see, I I think he probably needs to move on from Sting. What do you think? I mean, I know you you mentioned them as a, as the tag team champions, and I, I guess I could get behind that. But it just kind of feels like he's just totally gotten lost. And he was a huge. If you go back to those early Dynamites, he was a huge draw ratings wise. Oftentimes, Darby Allen was their highest rated segment early on in the history of the show. So it, it seems like kind of a swing and a miss that he hasn't been featured much in quite some time. My gut tells me that Darby is going to have a big. 2023 because I'm I'm pretty sure some things I've I've read that Sting is ready to wind down and he has an idea of how he wants that to look Mm -hmm. whether that means like a big program with Darby or against Darby um, I I think something will go on there yeah I just I don't I don't have a as good of an answer as like John Silver which I agree I like him a lot but at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, what else would I want him to do? Like, I guess I'd prefer like, you know, him and Reynolds to be tag champs over the gun club. But there's really not a lot of guys that I feel like are not getting pushed as much as they should be. There's guys that I think are getting pushed more than I think maybe they should be. Like, I don't I'm not quite as high on jungle boys i think some people are uh, but i mean my answer probably would have been hobbs until this most recent wednesday i was just gonna say that yeah <laughs> i was gonna say hobbs you could have easily said a couple of months ago for sure as as one of those guys um yeah i think john silver is a common one i see this on social media a lot too if this guy was just a little bit bigger you know i think he would be a, a pretty big star he has he has that it fact like he jumps off the screen when he's out there just personality and charisma wise and he's a really really strong worker too so i i agree with rick on that he is probably he probably does come across as the most underutilized guy i yeah, would say I, yeah i would agree with head. that i think he he would have made a fantastic all atlantic champion but now that it's international i don't think they can do that it's just they they leveled the belt up beyond John Silver, unfortunately. It's leveled up too much. Yeah. No, it's leveled way too high. All right. Um, all right. Those are some good questions. Get those in. We can do this more often on the pod. Um, Justin, I hope you are enjoying the snowstorm. Wasn't as much snow today as they were telling us there was going to be, but did you have a good day overall? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I'm I'm looking forward to where I'll be a week from now. Crawfish. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans, baby. We're coming. It's going to be a lot of time. Yes, Hopefully sir. we can find a crawfish boil. But I love that you just uh, we quoted a song from King Creole. I, the Elvis fan in me loves that you just belted that out. My, uh, I, I had a moment of, moment of panic before the podcast because on nights that we do this, like our start time is basically would normally be when kid is almost falling asleep. So we will give him a little melatonin on podcast nights. And he was super talkative tonight. And all of a sudden he was like, dad, do you know who my favorite singer is? Oh yeah. Like, I, I don't know, bud. Uh, we just, we need to go to bed. We need to go to bed. And I started going through, you know, a couple of people that I know he likes the songs of. He's like, no, no, it's, 
it's the guy who spits out his toothpaste like I do now. He just moved up from the toothpaste where you can swallow it to now he has to spit it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been, he's been, I, I let him watch Elvis the other day and there's a scene where Austin uh, Butler spits oh, out yeah. his toothpaste. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, is Elvis your favorite singer? He's like, <laughs> yes, Elvis is my favorite singer. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. The next generation. We have to take a family trip to Memphis, man. Might have to have go. a DNA test done on him. Make sure he's mine, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've been getting more into Elvis recently. Oh, absolutely. The absolutely. Absolutely. You're just passing on the love. It's great. <laughs> it's good stuff. And we're going to watch King Creole tomorrow. Get ready yes. for our trip down to yeah. Uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Great movie. 1958. Never Check seen it, it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's his best work for sure on film. Before the movies got very bad in the middle part of the <laughs> 1960s. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting ready for this trip, dude. I was going to tell you this at the top of the show, but uh, we only had a half day of work today. So I came home and I laid down and I was going to take a nap. I slept for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when the last time. I still feel like kind of light in my head right now. So hopefully I, I made sense on this pod tonight, you guys. Because you know when you take a nap like that, you wake up, you just feel like kind of off. It's like too long. Three yeah, hours. yeah, you got to cut it off at like, an hour max otherwise you're just gonna i mean that's not napping that's sleeping (laughs) (laughs) i was i was shocked when i woke up because i lay down it was like one something and i was only gonna do it for a little while and then i woke up looked at my phone i was like holy shit it's after four o'clock and i (laughs) i was shocked with all the kids but my wife kept them away from me i've been really tired lately so that was nice i enjoyed that i enjoyed this pod hopefully next week uh we'll come off without a hitch and we'll have a great time i'm sure we will and uh, Kyle will be, be back on the air doing a Top Rope Nation Extra. We'll put something up here on the main feed for you guys as well. And uh, appreciate all your support. As always, hope you are doing well out there wherever you are and that you enjoy this weekend. So, Justin, any closing comments? We're going to wrap this up. No, man. Let's get down to New Orleans. All right. So, for Justin Joints, I am Ryan Drosty. Take care. This has been Episode 288. Top Rope Nation.